Hi everyone and welcome to the CCDNL podcast. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, CCDNL is the Centre for Culture and Development in the Netherlands and we focus on preserving tangible and intangible cultural heritage through connections between the Netherlands and other countries with whom it shares close ties. I'm Ailey, your host, and today I'm chatting with Brody, um, who is a past intern of CCDNL. Hi Brody, how are you today? Hi Ellie. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm good as well. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at CCDNL when you worked here? Sure. I'm uh, currently a research master's at the student at the University of Amsterdam, specialising in archaeology, um, both contemporary and decolonising heritages. Uh, I recently did an internship with the CCDNL, acting as the cataloguing, documenting and archiving uh, coordinator for the NTT region um so working with them as well as working on the online museum exhibition um as part of the wider team for that cool thanks for for sharing um so i have two questions um firstly um i would like for you to explain to the listeners what decolonizing heritage means um because that sounds really interesting and um maybe the relevance as well to ccdnl um, and also just would you um, let us know for anyone who doesn't know um, what NTT is and where it is? Sure, uh, we'll start off with decolonizing heritages. Uh, this is actually part of the reason why I was interested in working with the CCDNL because decolonizing heritage or archaeology um, is the process and movement of making um, history, particularly the unwritten history of those that are ethnic minorities or those that have been marginalized in the past, a lot more accessible and open. Um, it works on decentralizing the typical traditional academic expert from the process of knowledge creating and knowledge sharing. And so this is something particularly um, pertinent to the CCDNL who work with local artisans. And so this is ways that, that can help to platform and give back the voices to the local communities about these really important traditional techniques. Um, in terms of NTT, uh, NTT is one of the uh, provinces found in Indonesia. It's actually the southernmost province and is one of the earliest. Um, unfortunately, is also one of the poorest provinces um, in uh, Indonesia. Um, and they are heavily reliant on the traditional weaving techniques, particularly Ika and the commerce um, that this brings to the region. Great, thanks for, for sharing that. So with um, decolonizing heritage, you've said that that was a really large part of why you wanted to work with CCD. Um, why else did you decide to take on the internship with them? Um, uh, yeah, so I needed to do some sort of experience with my university studies uh, and having going through the lists and lists of different things that are available. Um, the opportunity with the CCDNL um, really caught my eye because it, it's something that I feel very passionate about uh, trying to make future-proof these sorts of techniques or traditional uh, tangible heritage routes in order to provide for future generations and create this sustainable sort of outlook. I really, um, my values kind of really aligned with what the CCDNL is looking for and it's kind of the things that I would like to practice in the future and so working with a company that I felt very strongly towards their cause seemed the right move to gain experience for my future career as well. Great, so then um, what were the aims of the internship that you were doing um, within CCD? Um, and then how did that align um, with 
yourself and your own study and um, you've already explained about decolonizing heritage but maybe you can go a little more into that. Yeah, sure. So my two main uh, aims with the CCDNL after uh, meeting with Miss Yeti, the director, was to establish an archive um, as well as this archival process, which is what the documenting and cataloging steps included, um, not only for the CCDNL, but also by the CCDNL. So this very sustainable, um, accessible platform that you know, a lot of contributors, well, all contributors were able to join. So anyone from um, the organization is able to take part in this and able to join. Um, my other aim was, which kind of fits in with this, was to work towards future proof in the work of both the artisans and the CCDNL. So um, this aligned with my own personal aspirations of decolonizing heritage and making things more accessible to the public and the community to get them involved with these things by creating this platform that was not dictated by me, but by the organization and the artisans and the work that they had to offer. And is something that can continue to be uh, contributed towards, um, built upon and accessed by all the members of the organization. So this was kind of the biggest point where both the CCDNL and my own sort of aspirations aligned to create this space that could not only future-proof the traditional technique, but also allow um, an interactive and engaged experience for all involved, basically. Wonderful. It sounds like a really amazing enterprise um, for both you and the organisation. Um, so then could you explain what, or what future-proofing is um, to anybody who's listening, like myself, and doesn't know what that would be? Sure. Uh, future proofing is kind of a move that's been happening a lot in sort of the heritage fields and humanities at the moment, whereas we turn our eye from looking to the back to looking forward and how we can start to develop and create a world that physically with issues like climate change is sustainable and is promising for our future generations and our own future so creating something um, a resource in particular for the ccdnl with the archive that was able to encapsulate all the work that they have done so far as well as provide a platform for this work to continue that was on the public domain so that people could see it all these sort of elements fitted in together to mean that you know, there is going to be a presence for the CCDNL moving forward into the future. And there is this tangible network of work that you are able to access. So it basically establishes a future for the company um, and allows them to kind of have that security moving forward as an NGO. Great. So then what is um, the importance of um, archiving and future proofing for smaller NGOs? Obviously, um, archiving is something that happens a lot in bigger organizations um but why would you say that would be so important in a smaller context then um i mean you've already said about future proofing but um i'm sure you can um let us know some more sure i think particularly important is comparing it to bigger organizations where often uh, you may even lose things in the archive due to the number of things that they have mm -hmm. and you kind of have the opposite effect with um, a smaller scale organization like the CCDNL where 
you don't have as much stuff so it could very much be that you can have all these things on offer and they can be visualized and accessible to people you know in one space without kind of you know system overload and all the domains driving up so having this archival central place is very beneficial for people to use the resource um particularly considering um when i started my internship and a couple of others uh, the ccd had got to a point where the pandemic had driven their turn to online resources, so using drives and stuff. And this had become very a convoluted process um, by creating this archive where everything was in place, you had access to everything, it was very organized. Um, it meant that things were no longer getting lost that didn't need to be, you were able to view things. And also it opened up communication as things were a lot clearer. We, we actually knew as an organization what we actually had, what could be displayed, for example, for the exhibitions or for future workshops. Um, and it kind of showed that, you know, it, it was a product to what the CCDNL have done over the past six, seven, eight, and like with Miss Yeti's work over the past decade, all these things in one place to show that, you know, there really is a presence of the organization more than just what you may see behind closed doors. That's really cool and definitely something that's really important during the pandemic um, to keep us all connected and I know we are um, really grateful for having that as well. Um, so um, let me see. Yeah, so um, you're talking about archiving like CCDNL's work. Um, so what kind of things are you archiving then or were you archiving? Um, was it just physical things like the, the um, artisan's work or was it um, other things as well? So this was kind of the great thing with um, working with a smaller organization. It meant that we could kind of break from tradition, which typically sees, you know, the folders and folders of archives that are then digitized um, to really being able to actually represent the CCDNL and the work and ethos that they are creating at the moment. So I was archiving physical things such as like the materials and the ICAC fabrics that were created by artisans or that are within the CCDNL's um, own collections um, and other materials like the weaving looms, etc., and images from the artisans themselves. But I was also able to take it one step further and include recordings, videos, the webinars that um, have taken place, um, as well as documents, pamphlets, posters. So this really kind of uh, encapsulated the, um, the CCDNL, the work that they're doing so far, not only with the artisans, but within the Netherlands. Um, so it really was tangible and intangible. Everything could be included. And this is only continuing because we are able to add more and more different um, types of resources just to kind of, um, yeah, give this record of all the stuff that the CCDNL have been doing. So in a way, CCDNL being a smaller um, organization, um, like it creates this kind of opportunity to create like a new sort of archive and like experiment more with archiving? Yeah, definitely. I think this was, um, opposed to a bigger institution, this meant that we could actually create an archive that was specifically to the needs of the CCDNL and provided these things such as a, a future proofing outlet, a platform for all of the members of the organization to be able to access all the different resources and work that has been going, as well as this public space that people can actually see 
and understand a bit more what the CCDNL do and how they engage with people. So having this smaller thing meant that we could organically grow exactly what was needed from this archive, um, particularly going from um, the open source angle that meant that we could provide um, a free accessible space that was built specifically for what we wanted from the archive, rather than having to conform to sort of what traditional patterns or frameworks would have been for an archive. Um, and I think this was particularly important with the sort of aspirations of the whole internship placement itself. Cool, um, thanks for sharing, that is really interesting. Um, so then throughout your time archiving all of this content, um, what did you learn about ancestral weaving and the importance of its preservation um, during your internship? Um, because obviously that's a big focus of CCDNL right now. Um, so yeah, if you could share. Yeah, sure. Um, I think the biggest thing, and this was the first thing I said when I started doing my initial research before even starting the internship officially, I have grown such a respect for this weaving technique. Um, I think it's incredible. I mean, it's a beautiful technique anyways, but this ancestral passing down through um, the generations and teaching and the, the position that the traditional weaving technique has, not only as a source of commerce and economy and touristification ways, but the real meanings that it has, the fact that it can tell a story, you know, sitting there archiving and having to learn all the different motifs and what they represent like each piece tells its story and there is a lot that goes into the process rather than just the finished products and I think yeah I think a, a great respect for this specific weaving technique has like kind of grown within me um but also I think it's just it's really it shows how important the work that places like the CCDNL are doing to kind of share this with the public and show how we are still kind of connected with our natural resources and like roots as well. So yeah, I think I think it's a really cool process that should be shared more. Yeah, um, I should say we are referring specifically to NTT ECAT here. Um, but also one thing that I think is really amazing about NTT ECAT is the um, importance of women in its creation and that it's like you said, it's passed down through the generations, but that's generally through mother to daughter. Um, and I find that really cool as well, that it's like a generational thing. Um, yeah. Um, so then um, how does creating an ECAT archive, um, building on that, how does that um, help individual artisans? Um, yeah, so as previously mentioned, the long-term aspirations with this archive, because obviously it doesn't just stop post me, Firstly, it was created with the idea that um, anyone could pick it up. It, it doesn't need an archivist or a specialist. Like I only established this, but in the sense that any member, any feature intern, if there's anyone ever interested, can continue and add to this. Um, and through this also means that the artisans themselves, hopefully, uh, obviously currently, um, it's hard for many artisans to actually access a lot of technology with both the uh, flooding crisis that affected the NTT region, um, and the global pandemic and the situation that they find themselves in. But with future work, um, this would provide the platform for these artisans to actually upload their own work um, and share it themselves. Uh, in the meantime, the CCDNL, which is what they work on, are that midway voice and platform to do so. And so having an archive that can be publicly shared um, so that people can actually view the work as well as something where um, 
we have their work documented. Again, this fades into the future proofing. Um, these artisans are now in the archive, um, their names, their stories, uh, and this includes them explaining their own stories and what these techniques and what their what ICAT means to them really. Um, so this has kind of provided that space to, I guess, represent these people um, whilst they're still working through these techniques that aren't really made aware by many at all. Mm. So it's also about raising awareness. Um, will this archive be shared with the public? Yeah, so um, we're hoping that this archive uh, should be able to be accessible very soon. Obviously, we're working on what actually can be accessed by the public at the moment, because as I said, this has absolutely all of the resources on for the CCDNL. But the hope is that this will then be added to the website um, and will be freely accessible for people to use in different manners. It's still just in its obviously ugly archive stage um, <laughs> and needs to be made a bit more prettier before people start like really getting their hands on it on a public level but yeah this the hope is that this will also demonstrate the work of the ccdnl to the public yeah so it's quite a large part of the online museum project right so um can you explain how they kind of fit in together and what like part it plays in that yeah sure so um the online museum uh project which was an exhibition created by uh, Lavinia and Amit, two of my colleagues at the time, uh, we worked together to kind of create this um, online exhibition, which they were the brains and sort of hard work behind. And I kind of filled this with the resources um, through basically finding more information um, on a lot of the objects that were being archived and kind of creating this more complete picture of the resources that we had. Um, within the drive and then this kind of informed um, the exhibition either on giving the descriptions for objects or having the regionalized rooms where we knew different resources came from different artisans from different towns. Um, and so this is kind of, it was kind of a partnership where I fed into um, the exhibition and helping provide both information and resources really. Great, um, so really collaborative and in the spirit of CCDNL as well then. Yeah, cool. yeah, definitely. It was a great project and hopefully we're working on future stuff to continue these exhibitions as well. Amazing to hear. Right, so we are running out of time. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to add or discuss um, before we close off this episode? Um, I think just for anyone um, interested, the CCDNL do great work. Um, it's been a really amazing opportunity to work with them and kind of learning about this technique more than anything. I like honestly hats off to the people in NTT um, and the work that they've been doing despite all the problems that have been facing recently. And I just hope that we are able to continue to support these local artisans and the work that they can do through the CCDNL. Yeah, amazing. And just for anybody who's listening who does want to help us do that, um, you can find um, on our website or um, at the links in our social media um, ways to donate to help. Um, I think at the moment our main campaign is um, women training women artisans in NTT um, with new techniques and natural dyes to keep their sustainable um, weaving uh, processes um, in the traditional way. So yeah, if you're interested, you can um, find out more um, on our website or on social media. 
Um, thank you very much, Brody, um, for speaking to us. Um, we really appreciate it. And yeah, um, stay tuned for our next podcast. Thank you. Thanks.